Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast. Release date Sunday the 28th of May 2023. Alpha? Alpha, do you read me? Come in. This is Eagle 2. Alpha, come in. Alpha, if you can hear me, this is crazy, but I think I've been caught in some sort of thunderstorm in space. Wait a minute. There's something else. Can't quite make it out through that space cloud and all the rain and lightning. My God, I don't believe it. Alpha, it's some kind of a rock, an asteroid looks like a skull. A skull in the sky! You, Nick and Benji! Good day to you! I'm back again! Yes, I'm Benji Clifford. He's still Nick Briggs. Oh, thank you. This is Big Finish, audiobooks, audio drama, and this podcast, all for the love of stories. Welcome back, Benji. Not not that I've got anything against Ian, who did it last week. He was fantastic. Did you hear him? I didn't. No, I was too busy... In another country. There was a real touch of the Terry Wogan about him. Anyway, if anyone <laughs> understands that remark. Coming up in a moment, we'll be talking about our work on Space 1999 Dragon's Domain, out this Wednesday, the 31st of May. This is Commander Morrow, reminding all community members that the annual ceremony of commemoration is about to begin. After that, it'll be time for the Good Review Guide, known to some as the Good Review Guide. Guy, reviewing the reviews of Doctor Who Unbound, Doctor of War 1, Genesis, starring Colin Baker as an alternative timeline version of the War Doctor. Genocide. Then we go behind the scenes with the latest Space 1999 box set, Dragon's Domain, focusing on the episode Skull in the Sky by Mark Platt. Hello, my name is Maria Teresa Creasy and I play Dr. Helen Russell. Following that, it'll be time for listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com and fiendishly clever, futuristic way of getting in touch with us through the miracle medium of electronic mail. In our also available segment this week, we return to Moonbase Alpha on a moon blasted into an interstellar odyssey. Odyssey, even. Uh, This time, looking at the box set's titular episode, Dragon's Domain. The one everyone remembers with a horrifying creature that swallows people up and spits out their burnt bodies. Ah! I think you've suffered some kind of trauma. Nothing wholesome. Then, (laughs) the randomoid Selectatron will once again be delivering a random release with a 25% discount beautifully attached to it by Big Finished content manager, Jackie Emery. As regular listeners will know, it's so random that we have absolutely no idea what release it will select. No, we don't. But for now, Nick will edit in a sneaky preview. I am Hubert. And finally, as always, we round off the podcast with a free 15-minute drama tease. And this week, it's Space 1999 Dragon's Domain, Skull in the Sky by Mark Platt. You'll think I'm going crazy, but recently I've been getting this feeling that... That you're overworking yourself and have started imagining things? That I'm being watched. (laughs) You do know we're not in an old movie, right? So, Benji, uh, let's talk about our work on Space 1999. You did some sound design and I did some directing. Absolutely. 
Yeah, no, it's great fun. You know, like all these wonderful jobs that we get to do, it's always nice to do different things. And Space 1999 is legendary. It is a legendary TV show. I always remember um, being on holiday in Cyprus as a kid and going to one of the toy shops there and seeing just loads of like Space 1999 stuff. Like, you know, and I didn't know what it was because I was so young and it was a different era for me. But I remember yeah. seeing like the eagle and all that. Those toys were and- very popular. The eagles were the spaceships that the Moonbase Alpha used to sort of go to other planets. It's a Jerry and Sylvia Anderson production, by the way, folks. If you're not aware, it's back in the when was it in the mid seventies, wasn't it? Mid seventies, uh, yeah. Live action. It was the most expensive TV series ever made at that point. Huge budget very spectacular models yeah and very serious and i think that's yes. what what makes space 1999 sort of it's almost that i think the precursor to what became you know star trek the next generation because i always think the original star trek while serious was a little bit a little bit fun and a little bit silly and mostly the same but space 1999 just took it so seriously and there's a level of science there and a level of sophistication and i think in the audio drama you know with what we've done you Mm. have to treat it really seriously and you know you did a great job in this not just because you you know you've cast really good people in those key roles Mm. but it's just when you're doing the sound design treat it seriously and treat it for what it is and it was really is a really rewarding job and really fun to to kind of you know especially some of the scarier bits in this because it is a bit of a spooky one that i worked on yeah um you know and to get great feedback from you saying you know it really actually frightened me scary (laughs) i think you said it was scarier than you thought it would be when you were writing it yes and i think that you know that is the ultimate uh praise for a sound designer is to get it to be scarier you know than than even the writer anticipated yeah, it's weird that it's like uh, and Dragon's Domain, which is the last story, and it's the you know as I say the one that everyone remembers. That's really scary. Uh, Ian last week said that when he I told him to make one of the noises even scarier, and he gave it the, his wife Kelly gave her the the test, and she she was so shocked and scared by it she actually spilled her tea all down herself. <laughs> oh blimey! So we gave it the tea test, the Kelly tea the, test, the tea test. The will will there won't there be a lawsuit? Who knows? <laughs> for oh, but it's you know Ian just to mention him quickly. He's so so great at what he does and the detail and the, the you know again the care that he puts into his work on the Space 1999 stuff yeah, is just superb. You know he's really he's he's really embraced being a part of Space 1999 and and you know what he's you know because I was called in because I think he just didn't have enough time. I think That's it because he was doing so many Ninth Doctor edits yeah she does those as well yeah brilliant work yeah. so this, it was, is, it was, this is ian meadows folks who stood in for benji last week and does loads of sound design for us thoroughly nice man and you know he's part of it you know was almost half the job really was um was you know he had a lot of sounds that he'd already collated together yeah. and so it was very easy to get stuck in also how was germany is is any of your holiday suitable for podcast <laughs> consumption or is it all too uh, x-rated <laughs> no, it was very. It was a very nice trip, actually. Very, very, very chilled out. Beautiful weather. Um, mm. and a lot of it was just sitting in the sun, drinking coffee, and not doing an awful lot, which is just lovely. Oh, uh, stayed nice in to a, relax, a yeah. huge apartment as well. A massive, yeah. massive apartment. Yeah, uh, it's so funny because I like until you know they had like a TV in there, and until previously it was all just full of you know chilled music or you know. Uh, 
you know, casual rock songs. And then now their YouTube history is just full of old TV <laughs> and <laughs> clips of stuff where, where we're sitting with beers going, oh, yeah, what about that show? Yeah, yeah, let's have a look, watch a bit of that. So they'll probably get back and just see this, like a crash a crash course in really niche things. Um <laughs> But no, I love Germany. Beautiful country, lovely, lovely people. I speak to a lot of local people there, you know, and and just a lovely little escape. I'm definitely nice. going to try and go back in August if I can. Just oh, to really? Okay, so I'd you like can to do it just twice, from, twice. Yeah, this year. just yeah. well, when things, you know, when I th- when I've not been on holiday and away and out of the country since before COVID, just to get away, even for a week, just to get away is so beneficial to like your just your mental being mm. just to have that space and you know and okay so like you go away and you it's, it's quite unhealthy because i personally think germans have quite an unhealthy diet of just lots of meat oh right I see what lots you mean. of meat and not a lot not a lot of salads um it's, it's, well, there are a lot of salads but you have to really ask for them um, really? Yeah, it's they have quite to go hard. to a secret room to get them for you. Like it's like the, it's the salad room. Go to the salad suite. Like it's fine. Like you can go to the shops and buy a million vegetables and stuff. But but like actually getting like served stuff with veg is is harder than you think. But mm. you know, hey ho. I move. can see you looking at a strange photo I've just sent you. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> So well, that's just my next little item. So uh, I went to my mum's house. My my mother, uh, we've moved her nearer to us because, you know, she's 93 now. So she's living in a nice little retirement flat near us. So we're clearing out her house, which is quite some way away. And uh, But this this is the spot I've just sent you. Which Could you describe it, Benji? It's a lovely wooden beamed wall, um, <laughs> a nice open sort of passageway. And a stone fire. I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks a bit like a lodge. Like you can imagine like a nice kind of lodge. It's a very 60s themed fire, I think, or 50s. Yeah, right, okay. I think so. It's well, got that vibe. Anyway, where, the, where that passageway that you're saying, it's just, uh, it's just the gap between the living room and the dining room. But that passageway wasn't a passageway. It was a wall across there. The two rooms were separate. And in, on that wall was a shelf. And that's where we put our television when we first, our black and white television, when we first moved in in 1976. And that is where I watched uh, The Seeds of Doom. I actually put part one here. It was part two I watched wow. there. The Seeds of Doom part two. And I stood in that point and I took that photograph. I also sent it to Stephen Noonan for the sake of <laughs> nostalgia. Um, but there you are. That's I remember that. And I remember watching it. And we didn't have a proper outside aerial. We just had an internal aerial for it to start with. And you know they superimposed a lot of snow on the seats of Doom rather yeah. badly. Even though I love the story, of course. Um, and I couldn't work out what was superimposed snow or just the snowiness of the bad reception. <laughs> so every scene in the Seeds of Doom in the first two episodes or the second episode mainly looked to me like it was set in the snow even when it was indoors. God, you know, that that is that is a problem that no longer occurs exactly like, there's a whole generation of people that have no idea what telly snow is like you, no. you might see it like as an effect like a sort of effect but yeah. there's a whole generation that don't understand that sometimes you just had crud pictures like you just exactly. have a terribly cruddy picture with a you, know, you think oh, what's i always what? for some reason i always think of the weather 
for some I always think of like Michael Fish and just ironically snow but like fake snow on there yes. I just think I was dodgy picture of the weather you get up and fiddle with the aerial exactly. trying to get a better spot and it's that those do you remember those round aerials yes like I the, do yeah. that, sort of like they were co- particularly bad. they were like the thing that the doctor used to disable the autons in spearhead and <laughs> yes they, that really are like, they're just like sort of bits of old coat hanger wire really <laughs> Um, well, people used to use coat hangers as aerials as they well. They did, they did. It's, what, yeah. a, what a weird world we lived in. You could in. just jam a coat hanger in the back of the television and use the coat hanger unfolded as an aerial if you were desperate. So, so bizarre. No risk of electrocution, folks. It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I but, just... But um, that is mm. a spot, though. That place there is... That is where the the the, the telephone was... Um, the, te- the television was broadcast to that spot live classic doctor who how cool oh, yeah. is there that? you have it it's just I, I just had to stand there and and take that photograph of course the situation today is your picture is either there or not we have a satellite dish here and we use freesat and so when i watch talking pictures on freesat i know that when it rains here I can't watch Talking Pictures TV <laughs> because of all the channels, Talking Pictures TV, none of the others gets messed up by rain hitting the um, How bizarre. Isn't that weird? That is That is a really, and again, a really specific problem. It is, isn't it? Yeah, I here mean, it's it, satellite. If, yeah, if it rains and that, it tends to be poor satellite connection. But it's only Talking Pictures I have the problem with. Isn't it weird? I mean, I suppose it's the one I've watched the most, but I've, I've recorded films of Talking Pictures TV, and of course it's rained during the recording. <laughs> and I come back in and I think, why is this recording only 15 minutes long? It was a film, and it's just like, it's like edited highlights of the odd 30 seconds here and there of a two-hour film. But <laughs> I, just... you see, like, it's, these are other problems that, that sort of did exist like you would attribute certain events to recordings so like like if you have like this is one of the things i really miss about like vhs tapes is that they all they almost have their own story in them yeah and they're together like you'll have something like you'll say oh yeah like you know here's there's a a whole of genesis of the daleks on this one and then right at the end for some reason there's like last 15 minutes of adam west batman for some reason you know like there's always as as the recording peels away slowly up the screen it reveals what was on there before yeah i can i can actually tell you what was on my genesis of the daleks one it was a really 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 old vhs tape and i was really young when i recorded it and for some reason i clearly watched it and thought it was called genocide of the daleks (laughs) because it's written on the genocide of the daleks and then at the end of the tape um it has the day of the Triffids without the first episode, as I've said previously about how I never saw that Good first God, episode, yeah. and so I, I the still John don't. John Dutine one. From, from I still BBC, don't watch yeah. it. Every time I watch Day of the Triffids, I will. I just skip that first episode. I don't. It just for me, I don't. It doesn't. And you don't. It's need great. It. The first episode is great. It is, but I don't need it. It does. I, I just. I'm so used to it starting where everything's happened, and then you pick up the pieces. I don't need that whole thing of being. I worked on a Triffid farm long ago, and my parents did this, and here I am t- talking really boringly about oil for far too long. You know, don't need it. But there we go. That's that's Blast the characteristics of old recordings. Indeed. Thank you. Well, time now. We've reviewed recordings. We've reviewed television pictures. Time now for the good review guide. Finding the latest positive comments about big finished productions to help recommend them for you. And as promised, this week we're looking at Doctor Who Unbound, Doctor of War 1, Genesis, starring Colin Baker. 
not to be confused with genocide, just in case you for some reason got it wrong, like I did as a kid. I've had lots of names, but only one that really counts. I am... The universe cracked. A million timelines, a million possibilities sparked into flame and died. After you're gone, the Daleks are And in one of them was you. What crime? What did I do? But in the new reality, you're an aberration. A remnant. Um. Can't you hear that? You what? I see my own death. He's the doctor now. Well, a doctor of war. What are you waiting for? I think you're afraid. Afraid that you might have developed a taste for it. For what? Genocide. Big Finish for the love of stories. Just go to bigfinish.com and type <laughs> Doctor of War into the search pane at the top to find this one. Righto. Well, first up, Ian McArdle, right there, as as usual, somewhere in this lineup, says here, Doctor War Genesis is an engaging box set for those plugged in to the comings and goings of Doctor Who continuity. Mm-hmm. It is doubtless a tougher listen for those who do not have a good handle on the original stories. However, Big Finish know their fan base, and surely that is the whole point of the Unbound concept. The pleasure comes from distorting the familiar and exploring the consequences in that new reality. Uh, what Ian's referring to, of course, is that it's sort of like there's a bit of a replaying of Genesis of the Daleks, but with vital differences. I do. If you haven't heard this story, it's unbound. You can do what you like. It's unbound. Uh, WarpedFactor.com. Matthew Matthew Kressel. I can't say his name, but he's fantastic. Doctor of War Genesis is a triumphant return to form for the Unbound range. It's an opportunity to let writers and actors alike showcase a new version of not just the Doctor Who universe, but Colin Baker as the Doctor, with non-linear storytelling and all the production values that have made Big Finish work stand the test of time. With a second set, Destiny, set to conclude the Doctor of War run, this autumn now's the time to discover the power of a simple question what if hey what if, what if indeed beautifully read there nick um let's see if Thanks. lee thacker can uh, rise to the occasion with set the tape.com mm. doctor who unbound doctor of war promises to be one of the most exciting things to happen to doctor who be that on tv or in audio I for quite some time This first set invites a repeat listen, not just because of how much there is to try and take in due to the severely fractured nature of time and reality, but also to bask in an absolute gem, providing clear evidence with that creative juices at Big Finish show no signs of drying up any time soon. <laughs> sorry, sorry if that, that went a bit pear-shaped at the end there. I was too busy enjoying Nick smoking a pretend cigar. Um, <laughs> out of four out of five out of ten. I don't know why I was doing that. I just had a pen <laughs> in my hand. I was sort of waggling it in a sort of, um, 
you know, Marx Brothers sort of way. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Harpo Marx, I think. Yes. Uh, SciFiPulse.net, Razor Devereaux says, Doctor Who Unbound, Doctor of War 1, Genesis is Marvel's What If dialed to 111. Hmm. So not 11, 111. It's the sort of storytelling that can only be done within a decades-old franchise. That's true, 9.5 out of 10. Where did we go wrong with the 0. 0.5? Well, there's always room for improvement, isn't there? Yeah. Isn't that the NHS hotline number, 111? <laughs> yeah, I think it is, yes. <laughs> Doctor Who Unbound, Doctor of War 1 is dialed to the number you can call if you're hurt. Um, <laughs> LiverpoolSoundandVision.co.uk, Ian De Hall. Um, we should actually check if that is. I don't want to be giving out false information. Sorry, Ian guys. Ian D. Hall. Yes, it is. Like it's one, Ian De Hall. Ian De Hall. <laughs> Ian De Fridge. Ian De Room. Yes, in it the, is. NHS yeah. 111. Just making sure. Don't want to, you know, I'd hate it if somebody whacked a hammer on their hand and then called <laughs> the number to, like, Brian's garage or something. Oh, yeah. Um, well, he'd give them another hammer, wouldn't <laughs> he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got, got some... Uh, Got some WD-40 for that. Um, Ian De Hall says, uh, with engaging in intense performances by the likes of Tom Baker, the exceptional Jeffrey Beavers, or as it says here, Joffrey Beavers, uh, <laughs> Nicola Bryant and Sanjeev Bhaskar, uh, Doctor Who, Unbound, Doctor War One, Genesis, is a treat for the buffs of What If. Uh-oh. And a pleasure to have the Unbound series so beloved by the fan brought back to the centre stage of Big Finish Productions. 8.5 out of 10. It's just the fan. There's just one fan, according to Ian De Hall. Just, just me. Hi. Hi. I do. I do. Hi. <laughs> I do um, miss Peter Nolan. He's not here. Well, you heard from him, though, didn't you? I did. He sent me a business-related uh, um, uh, email. Well, who does Peter Nolan normally write for? I mean, you know, when he's not reviving his acting and singing career. I don't know, actually. It's a very good question. Yeah, I'm not going to explain the Peter Nolan thing Peter again. Nolan. I, I do it every week, especially if I have a guest presenter. I have to explain Peter Nolan. Who, who Peter? He, I bet Peter doesn't even realise. Does not no, realise. That's what I said. He's, He's a legend. He, he doesn't listen. But there is a bit of spam email that comes from a Peter <laughs> Nolan to my account. It's I hope it not, actually is the same Peter Nolan. It'd be good, wouldn't it? Uh, this is from Twitter. Uh, P.I. Frobisher. I see. No comment. Uh, listen to some more Big Finish today. It's a good start, P.I. Frobisher. First, I started with Doctor Who Unbound, Doctor of War 1, Genesis, another brilliant Time War box set, though not the Time War you were expecting. Yeah. You see what he did? There's yeah, a good, yeah, yeah, good yeah. Colin Baker joke. Anyway, next week we take a look at Torchwood 1, Nightmares, London 2005. Torchwood 1, wake up to three nightmares. <gasps> Is it too late to save the world this time? I hope not. Anyway, that's next week. That'd be a turn up, wouldn't it? It's asked too late now. Too late. End of the box set. It's only five minutes and there's no point. Come on. Still to come on the podcast, listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. And we'll be going behind the scenes with Dragon's Domain. The final episode in this week's release, Space 1999. Plus, 
the Random Word Selectron, giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. <laughs> well, I'm excited anyway. Well, it's, uh, yeah. I will join in with your excitement. Thank you. There. Thank yes. you. Woohee! Do the happy face. Um, but first, let's go. I don't know what's the matter with me. Uh, I think I do. That's the trouble. Let's go behind the scenes with the first episode from Space 1999 Dragon's Domain. It's by Mark Platt and it's entitled Skull in the Sky. And for those of you of a more Doctor Who persuasion, mm-hmm. Space 1999 was a spectacular, big budget, live action sci fi show created by Jeff. Jerry and Sylvia Anderson back in the mid-1970s. I know I mentioned this earlier, but, you know, what if you didn't listen to that bit? And it was the continuing story of the survivors on Moonbase Alpha after our moon has been blasted off onto an odyssey through space. Think Star Trek, except on a moon instead of a spaceship. And you've pretty much got the format. Oh, Benji likened it to Star Trek The Next Generation earlier on, so there you are. Anyway, have a listen to this. This is Commander John Koenig of Moonbase Alpha. Please identify. This is John Koenig from Planet Alpha. Do you read me? Planet? Then it's true. My name is Mark Bonner, and I play Commander John Koenig. We start off on what we think is Moonbase Alpha. Alan is missing uh, still, but then reappears. And then it, it gets quite, not complicated, but you, it, it, uh, kind of, yeah, helter-skelter when you realise what's going on and then suddenly everything kind of turns on its head. It's a, it's a really good episode. They're all really good episodes, actually. But, yeah, this, is, uh, this plays with a theory that I enjoy watching being played with. Hello, my name is Maria Teresa Creasy and I play Dr. Helen Russell. Oh, our glorious governor loves the declaration, doesn't he? Pity he didn't discuss it with any of us who achieved all this for him. Uh, And a pity he might have chosen exactly the wrong time to make his declaration. Honey, what is it? Skull in the Sky is really interesting. I I thought it was a great premise because I was really surprised when I first started reading it. I thought, what's happening here? I'm a little bit confused. And as you settle into the episode, you, you know, it starts to unfold and, and it flags a really interesting question of sort of the possibility of other worlds, which seems totally impossible. But then you think, I think the big question is, what do we what do we actually know? You know, you're watching these people journey or listening to these people journey through time and space. And you think maybe the universe is bigger than me and us and all of this. And I mean, who knows, really? And I think, you know, a sort of a big philosophical question comes up and is sort of, am I in the right place? Am I in my right place? It's some big, heavy stuff, I'd say. Hello. My name is Clive Hayward, and I play Professor Victor Bergman. Skull in the Sky is a great script. I'm a real sucker for alternate histories, and it's the intrigue and the revelations are teasingly dripped in by Mark. So Skull in the Sky is, is, is it's a, it's an intriguing script. What do you mean? Why can't you help us? We've had six years with an atmosphere. That's incredible. What did you say? Paul Morrow died. Or 
Well, we think, thought he was dead. He got trapped in Xantor's ship. Don't you remember? Xant? Who is this Xantor? My name is Amaka Okafor and I play Dashka Kano. I love her, um, she's just quite dry and she doesn't give more, like she, she's not particularly kind of poetic or anything. She's just like, let me just get the information and I'll give you the information. And also, um, I love how much she loves computer. She's really not me. I would hate to have the job that she has. So it's quite fun to get to pretend to be somebody who can do technical stuff. My name is Tim Bentink, and I play Commissioner Simmons. All Simmons' dreams have come true, and he is now the governor, not of a moon, but of a planet. So I think, you know, when, when Gerald Simmons was born, this is what he aspired to, and it's finally all come true. And I'm very pleased to find that he has a first name, because I have been wondering about Mrs. Simmons and the little Simmonses, you know, left back on Earth, and whether there are any or not, or what, you know, what his backstory is. Um, but bit by bit, we get to know him a bit more. But you can't have lost the plot completely, Simmons. Lost the plot? You and John have always fought, I know, but you always eventually found a way of working together. Did we? Maybe I don't remember it quite that way. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Dragon's Domain into the search pane at the top to find this terrifying slice of space age action. Mm-hmm. And that'll be released this Wednesday, the 31st of May. Put that in your diary, unless it's already Thursday, the 1st of June. <laughs> and uh, don't forget, uh, you can hear a free 15-minute drama tease of the titular episode from this box set, Dragon's Domain, at the end of this podcast, when a ghastly, murderous creature haunts the dreams of Moonbase Alpha pilot Alan Carter. Meanwhile, it's time for... Listener's emails. And that's right, despite Alan Carter having lots of dreams, this Mm. isn't a dream. You can actually do this. You can send in your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com. It's not a dream. dream. It could be a dream. Maybe we should just start convincing people they're dreaming. This isn't real. Pineapples (laughs) and strawberries. I'm back at school taking an exam. I'm never going to pass it. You're not wearing any trousers. Trousers, trousers. Oh, Oh, yes. (laughs) That's made me wake up. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Um, well, that's exactly what David and Deborah Paulson uh, have emailed in. Oh, yes. Um, I hope they both emailed in and somehow... The types like alternate a, letters. Yeah, each. like a word each, yeah. yeah. So they never quite know where they're going to end up. Dear Nick Benji... Oh, it's, a good, it's a good subject line. You've got to read that out. It is, yeah. It's uh, an Omega Factor Special. O-M-G-3 exclamation mark that's, that's not for the you know the faint hearted <laughs> well dear Nick Benji and everyone behind this fabulous news thank you thank you thank you and, and increasing and amounts yeah. of exclamation I'm not doing marks. it justice am I I should probably thank you thank you thank you there we go that's well, better that's not skimping on the punctuation here no, are they no not at all not at all I love the way the first thank you has got a full stop um, I was really pleased and excited to read the big finish email update announcing the forthcoming Omega Factor special release to demonstrate my happiness at the news I went straight to your website and placed my pre-order lovely 
I distinctly remember the TV series from when it was on our screens in Australia back in the 1970s. We didn't get a lot of news about telly from the UK back then, so I desperately waited and waited for the follow-up, or for at least any information about a continuing story. Alas, in the meantime, a well-read paperback copy of BBC's companion novel had to do. And then along came Big Finish. Yes. I've purchased all the Big Finish Omega Factor offerings and enjoyed each of them immensely. Excellent. David and the writers recaptured the mood of the original series and updated the storylines with expertise. The decision to create the new full cast series as a modern day follow-up rather than a reboot and use audio novels to retell and expand the past was inspired. Mm. As I'm sure was part of the reasoning, this enabled Louise Jameson's truly special continuation of her original character and Reynolds' story, as well as Natasha Gerson's return as Morag, and the introduction of John Dorney's Adam Crane. They were all so good in their performances. Then, after the bittersweet conclusion of Box Set 3, we fans have had to wonder again, but what happens after that? There's some brackets with an asterisk in the middle, which normally I thought was actually a rude sign, but uh, I'll ignore that. Um, it says P.S. We do. There's a. Yeah. There's there's one, I'm not. Fi- I'm not quite finished yet. Okay. No, I know. I started but I thought, you, I thought you were going to jump to the P.S. No, 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 no. no. Well, no I could no. jump to the P.S., but we'll we'll do it in. We'll do I don't it want cr- to break protocol. No, we'll do it in chronological order if you okay. don't mind. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. So, no. All right, so. Order. Order. Um, <laughs> uh, no. Let him speak. Um, well, uh, I know what I will be doing for Halloween 2023. Yeah. For anyone wondering whether to explore the Omega Factor, just. Do it, Great like advice. Nike's tagline. Um, if you enjoy well-crafted and chilling stories with excellent direction, cast performances and sound design, then you won't be disappointed. Kind regards, David Polson. P.S. Here we are. We do understand that sales and other economic reasons have to guide your product lines and outputs. We also understand that these stories and characters mean as much to you as they do to our fans. So it's lovely for us all to have this opportunity to reunite with old friends and be frightened with them once again. Sent from mail for Windows. Thank you very much. That's very lovely. Nice. Well, I was just talking to Benji earlier about you know, some new instruments, some virtual instruments mm. I bought, all ready for my music on the Emica Factor. Very yeah. exciting. Flugelhorns, inspired choice. It's not flugelhorns. <laughs> um, uh, next up, here's one from our good friend Fatina Issa, which is a rather heartfelt... And, and calming email, I think. We Workload like and wellness. We were talking about workloads and wellness, weren't we? The two uh, W's. Yeah. Hi, 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 Benji, Nick, and insert name of guest <laughs> podcaster here. There's no one. There's no. It's just, it's just, just me and, today, yeah. and the wind blowing. We haven't got through. enough chairs today, you see. So you know, it's a. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you know, we had uh, David Tennant was here, and I said, "There's no, there's no chair, David." Yeah, you, have you to, can't. I'm sorry. You know. So all right. So he got back in his helicopter and left. Um, <laughs> I just listened to last week's podcast. I don't know why I've got this idea that David Tennant goes around the helicopter. He's, he's sure the he new, does. he's the new voice of Barrett Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would as well. If if Barrett Holmes were advertising today, they probably had a meeting, and I bet at least one person around that table said, "Oh yeah, I think what about something like David Tennant to do?" Yeah. 
I think uh, every creative meeting in the world, one person sitting <laughs> around the table says, what about David Tennant? <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Uh, sorry, David, I'll leave you alone now. Uh, I just listened to last week's podcast where you shared challenges about work FOMO, fear of missing out. With the connected 24-hour culture we've developed, unplugging for wellness is essential to our health. As I share with my mentees, uh, take time for your wellness or you'll be forced to deal with your illness. That's nice. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I incorporate work-life integration where personal things or brain breaks are intertwined with hours that would typically be considered work hours. I can do this as my team's culture allows us flexibility. My boss doesn't care when I work as long as I meet my deadlines. When there are planned times that I am offline, I send out a courtesy notice so that everyone is aware. I also schedule out-of-office notices with email, messaging and my work voicemail. Over time, people have learned to honour my being unavailable. No one ever said on their deathbed, gee, if only I spent more time (laughs) at the office. With all the creative brain power that is Big Finish, please take care of your collective wellness. You are more than the audios you produce. You have the right to fulfilling lives and deserve wellness, whatever form that takes. Lots of love from Chicago, Fatina. Wise word, good calming words. You kind of want those words to be repeated to you over and over again in a slightly darkened room with your eyes closed. And maybe a little bit of, I was going to say, a bit of incense burning, something like that. Yeah. Thank you, Fatina. That's beautiful. I didn't read it out calmly enough, did I? Yeah, you you could have been a bit calmer, Nick. Come on. Come on, man. Hi, Benjamin. <laughs> Actually, I don't sound calm. No, you sound just sound like, like a, you just sound like you you're just a hippie now. Hi there. Man. I sound like my engines running down. <laughs> I just listened to last week's podcast where you <laughs> challenges. Oh no! Somebody, somebody, get some petrol. With the connected twenty-four hour culture, we've developed some plugging. For, no, I won't no, no, too much. Too, it's the horse races now. Eddie, coming up, and it's over the fence, and it. Down the other side and <laughs> <laughs> over the fence and down the other side. Well, he's com- and it's they quite jump clear over that fences, don't they, on the horse race? <laughs> and he's in the next door's garden, um, and he's <laughs> carrying down the. There it is. It's look after look after your heads, and I think that's the jumping tomatoes. Sorry, about, no, it's a beautiful thing about big finishes. It's actually a really nice way to escape, is it not? Go on a walk. Goodbye. That's what I do. I go on a walk, listen to something, <laughs> jump out of a plane. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like God, that'd be that'd be the worst the the worst form of relaxation, you know. Okay, sit back, relax, just listen to some nice water trickling down. Now jump out the plane. <laughs> <laughs> then the red light goes on. And it's, the, yeah. it's the beginning of where eagles dare all over again. <laughs> well, let's see what Ross Baker's got to say. It's mm. thanks and questions. Okay, um, which sounds like a sort of thing you'd see, like you know, like in a workplace or something like yes and at four o'clock we've got thanks and questions uh, feel free to grab a coffee uh, <laughs> sit down there are some pastries in the corner oh lovely um, yes or, or it could be a sort of you know a sort of double act <laughs> I'm thanks he's questions <laughs> um, oh dear I'll stop the most and read rubbish it double act I've ever heard <laughs> thanks, and, <laughs> thanks and questions like, carrot oh, and stick or somebody he's, like that he's good know. carrot and stick he's good night that's good good and I'm good thanks. and night Good night and good morning. Got any other really bad um, egg and chips? <laughs> egg, egg, egg and chips is a great one. Um, dog and bone. Um, you know, like um, oh, pig and oh, whistle. Uh, pig, right. pig and whistle. Oh dear, knife and fork. 
That's just rubbish. Knife, man up, man. <laughs> I'm knife. But fork can't be here today, so we've actually brought in spoon. Um, <laughs> but don't worry, we're still very tasty. <laughs> Frog and toad is a great one. Frog and toad would be good. Yeah. You can imagine that, can't you? It's frog and toad. Sarah and Duck, that's a BBC, a CBBC or... Yes, yeah, it is. CBBC. Sarah. Sarah and Duck. Yeah. <laughs> That was that was Sarah talking then. That was um, <laughs> Sarah. Duck, the, yeah, the, that's the joke, isn't it? The duck can speak, but Sarah can only go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember we Roger used to have Allum a, used to read that. Anyway, anyway. Roger Allum. Yeah. We used to have a program when I was a kid called Rosie and Jim. Oh and, yeah. And it had this duck in it. But the best thing about the duck is, it, the the only noise the duck made was a very audible human being just going, whack. Like that. So you just have this duck. How are you doing? Whack. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's, 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 it's even less charismatic than that. Uh, you know, but it's just- like sheep and goats. Have you ever noticed that sheep and goats just make a noise like a human being <laughs> doing a very bad... That's too good. They Some of them just go, bah. You think, <laughs> now, try a bit harder. That just sounds like me doing that. <laughs> yeah, cows kind of go, eh. Yeah, they don't go moo. Yeah. They don't say you know, moo, do they? You know, that's kind of like me waking up in the morning. How are you this morning, Ben? Uh, uh, oh, that good, is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's me hungry. I'm quite hungry. Can we get on with this? I used to have a cat that just would just, would just go, eh. <laughs> I love it. Eh. Um, hello, Nick, Benji, and everyone else, a big finish. Hello, hello. I just, Hello. Um, I, ju- I wanted to write and thank you uh, for doing those noises. Uh, Old MacDonald of- had a podcast. Don't <laughs> and it sounds a bit like this. Uh, <laughs> That's not even the worst. <laughs> um, last year, I came down with long COVID and have basically been bedbound ever oh, since. Uh, oh, I'm sorry to hear terrible, that. Terrible. Hopefully now you're, you're not in bed and you are able to just make loads of farmyard noises with us. Yes, we encourage Um, that. We do, yeah. Uh, When my symptoms are particularly bad, I can't really look at screens. So attempting to get something positive from the situation, I've used it as an opportunity to finally get round to exploring Big Finish. Come on. Your stories have been a huge part of keeping me going through this particularly trying period. And I wanted to thank all the writers, actors, producers and everybody else involved for all the wonderful work that's made such a positive impact on my life over the past year. Oh, Ross, that is lovely. Thank you so much for writing in and saying that. That's that's lovely. Well, it's no. nice that we we'd be able to get you through it. You know, it's it's this is the beauty, as we were saying earlier, of things like audio drama. Is is yeah. that you can you know you you're not confined to having to sit down and do one thing. You can you can be laying in bed. You can be going yeah. on a very short walk. You know, it's just that it's long, it's long a, it's COVID a, is such a oh. terrible thing, isn't it? That sort of post-viral damage that it causes to your system and all the inflammation in various. It's just. So well, I know we, that know, um, we know we know a number of people who who suffer from it, and you know you have our fullest sympathies, and I'm so glad that we could, in some small way, help there. Absolutely. And now that was the thanks. Mm. These are the questions. Okay. God, that 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 sounds like a that's a great tagline for like a TV show, isn't it? Well, those were the thanks. Now, here's the questions. 
if you say so. <laughs> yeah, well, this could be BBC Thanks and Questions on at six o'clock on a Tuesday um, with me, Benji C. Uh, my first question is the kind of nerdy thing that I'm sure you love being asked. Um, how come some of the recent box sets come in multi-disc fat box jewel cases, e.g. Eighth Doctor, St. Stranded and Companion Chronicles, and others come in several individual jewel cases, yeah. most notably the comic strip adaptations, five discs in five separate cases. Um, as a very space-conscious person, um, I prefer, space. I definitely prefer the earlier form of space. I haven't got enough room. Um, space, the final could you move over a bit? The final cabinet. <laughs> uh, I definitely prefer the earlier format, but on a whole, I was just very curious about the decision-making process. As someone who has released music in the past, thinking about CD packaging choices comes naturally to me. A phrase not many people have ever used. <laughs> I think that's fair to say, Ross. Well, I tell you what, it's it's not... Um, uh, the decisions are all over the place on this because they're all based on what's been established before. So certain sets were established in certain kinds of packaging and, you know, we continue to keep the different sets in the same packaging, but we need to standardise it more when various series end and not, yeah. Basically, my impetus um, is to have as little plastic as possible. That's the thing. 100%, yeah. Uh, yeah. Next but your question. idea your idea of supplying CDs wrapped in newspaper is a bit farnic. It's not fish well, and chips. I'm not going to do that even. I just very carefully have some sort of velvet gloves and just walk around holding it very carefully <laughs> on the edges and just come in and just place it in your CD player to find that you haven't got one because nobody has got a CD player these days. Write in True. and tell us if you've got a CD player because I don't know anyone who's got a CD player. I have a CD player. I do, I do know someone who's got a CD player. <laughs> have you really got a CD player? Yeah, I have. But only but only because um, I, I, I've got my hi-fi. Yeah. And that's got my record player. It's got a radio. It's got a cassette deck that's, in it. That's quite and a list. I, yeah. And, it, yeah, and, and then Has everybody... Has got an air fryer? Well, a few friends of mine sort of teased me and they said, you've got a hi-fi there, but you don't have a CD player, but you have everything else. Like, uh -huh. why have you got a tape deck and not a mini CD disc deck? player? Uh -huh. haven't got a mini disc player. Um, so I bought one. But yeah, I mean, you're right. Not many people have CD players. Write in and let us know. Write in and let us know if you still listen to cassettes, unironically. Like if you actually just think, oh, I'm going to play that cassette today. As opposed to being like, I'm going to play a cassette. Um, <laughs> that was a very ironic tone of voice. That was an ironic... <laughs> uh, my second question is, Ooh. when is Bernice Summerfield coming back? Yeah, when was <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, not long before becoming ill, I finished a read-through of all the Virgin New Adventures, oh. including the Benny ones, and she very quickly became one of my all-time favourite companions. Brilliant. Clearly, the loss of David Warner will have had a profound impact on the New Adventures range. Big finish in general, and of course, Lisa. Yes. So I wouldn't expect the next box set to just be round the corner or to mm. be just round the corner, as it says there. Mm. Um, but it would be great to know that this brilliant and hugely important, in big finish terms, character will be returning one day. Many thanks, Ross Baker. 
the answer is, of course, yes. And you've absolutely surmised, you know, the reason for the delay has a huge impact on all of us. And as you say, particularly Lisa as well, who uh, we hope to have on the podcast at some oh, point uh, before be, not too that'd long. That'd be delight. Talk to Lisa. Yeah, no, she's, uh, you know, she's she's up for it. And we're celebrating, you know, a big anniversary for Bernice Summerfield this year. So, um, yes, good. Um, that's it for the emails this week. I hope you enjoyed them. Uh, they're never coming back. No, I'm lying. They are. <laughs> There'll be loads more emails next week. Well, three probably. Uh, we look forward very much to reading them, actually. I think. Yeah, well, I well I'll read one of them it. and you read two of them. How's that? We'll read a word each. <laughs> As always, the Randomoid Selectron is warming up at this very moment, Ooh. preparing to offer you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And remember, we'll also be teasing you with the first 15 minutes of Space 1999, Skull in the Sky. It's you. I know, I got lost in the script. But first, I, knew, I normally get lost at this bit. Yeah, what's happened? Because you're getting that you normally get lost because you're looking at this randomoid selectron. You're getting it ready to press. See, the I, I learnt. I learnt from that that when you said you always get lost here, I've learnt. And it's, I, it's I somehow pro- your brainwaves have affected me. Um, staying with the space 1999 theme. Da, 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 uh, let's pop behind the scenes with the titular episode from this week's exciting release, Dragon's Domain. I think you've suffered some kind of trauma. Maybe a psychotic episode of some kind brought on by the stress of this whole situation. Of trying to save the woman I love from a monster that burns the life out of people? You bet I have! Alan, what you need is rest. And lots of it. It was real. I know it was, Helena. You can't tell me that I imagined all that. Dragon's Domain is a story from the original TV series that uh, everyone remembers. It's very atypical because it seems to be about another character and it involves a horrible monster that sort of mindlessly slaughters people in the most disgusting fashion. So it's a very well-remembered story from that point of view. Also, it had uh, some classical music in it that wasn't the usual kind of score. So, yeah, it is well-remembered and we definitely knew that this was one of the ones that we wanted to adapt. Hello, my name is Maria Teresa Creasy, and I play Dr. Helen Russell. Well, the first thing after I read it was I thought, be careful what you wish for, <laughs> you know, because I think there's a lot of hope in that episode. You know, they feel like they may have cracked it. I mean, you see it in Russell, too, I think, in that she's, we actually see her being quite vulnerable and just incredibly nurturing, and you get why she is, you know, a medic and a doctor and why and how she has she came into that maybe but you know there's that big sort of thought I guess about you know where we are and maybe where we're meant to be and that um, we just we just go on you know we just continue and we sometimes our lot in life is exactly where we're supposed to be at that moment even though you think something better is maybe out there My name is Mark Bonner, and I play Commander John Koenig. This is the episode that gave me a very specific nightmare. I remembered the Burning Man coming out of 
I don't know if this is exactly right or if it's mixed up with the dream, but it, it seemed like a massive airlock door, which it probably was, actually. I haven't watched the episode since then, but... Um, and I remember he was, like, he had... He was covered from head to toe in... Well, in burns. Burns. He was burnt black to a crisp and just the whites of his eyes showing. And that image transferred itself into my my wee subconscious I think I, I, I have a feeling I was quite young like maybe seven or eight and this guy this very guy appeared in his burnt state in my living room at the farm we stayed on at the time many many moons ago which has now been demolished and he was carrying on a tray he was carrying some orange juice in a baby powder container that had the top cut off and four digestive biscuits that's what he had on the tray and he was walking slowly towards me and I was screaming at, um, at my mum and her pal were on the couch and I was sort of at the other end of the couch which seemed like a long long way away and I was screaming at them at the top of my voice and they were just carrying on chatting they couldn't hear me so there you go a very specific memory dream memory which has stayed with me forever it just has such vivid imagery you know that sort of white howling light in the middle of that tentacled creature I remember seeing it you know because I watched it on Saturday mornings and I thought oh my god what is this when the first body came out sort of <laughs> served out almost like on a tray sizzling it's really disgusting Hi, I'm Glenn McCready, and I play Alan Carter. Dragon's Domain in the original series, I remember the episode really, really well. And, and you know, when I speak to other people about Space 1999, that, that's the episode that always lodges in their psyche. And uh, to have Alan Carter at the heart of it, at the horrible, really frightening, dark heart of it, was... Uh, was quite something and you know some some really horrible things the poor guy has to confront did he imagine it all you know his his friends and colleagues not you know not believing if first of all it was just horrific and traumatic and then not to be believed really really does deliver that gut punch and you know i can't wait to hear in in audio terms how how the wizards at Big Finish, you know, create create that that nightmare soundscape that I'm that, that I know it's going to be. And remember, just go to bigfinish.com and type Dragon's Domain into the search pane at the top to find this one. You and have to type out- it in that um, uh, uh, <laughs> specific voice. way. Dragon's um, Domain. Dragon's Domain. Dragon's Domain. Um, Yes, type it in. Make sure it's dragons with an apostrophe S. Dragons good point. Is, good point. Yes, it's the dragons domain, you see. Good point. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's, I know this search pane. I know it. Good and point. And I don't, I don't good trust point. it. Uh, good, good point. Good point, yeah. <laughs> I listen to cassettes. Um, in the meantime, and that'll be out on the 31st of May, but in the meantime, it's... The Roundabout Selector Shop, oh. where we randomly select a big finish release and offer you a 25% discount on it. <laughs> it is it's... 127 Doctor Who Castle of Fear. Castle oh. of Fear. Now, this has got one of the um, in-betweeners in it, hasn't it? Does it? Let's have, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Castle of Fear. Castle of Fear. 
It's written really? by Alan I Barnes, I think, because I haven't found it yet, but I remember it. It is by no, Alan Barnes. No, it's written by Mark Platt and Alan Barnes. I don't think it has got one of the in-betweeners in it, you know. This is written by Mark Platt, Alan Barnes. What's that? It's a mistake on the website. I've discovered a mistake on the website. It's written by Alan Barnes. It has got one of the... Um, backstage, we've got photos, no, the cast. It has got one of the in-betweeners in it. Richard Cotton, Nicholas Courtney, Russell Floyd... Joe Thomas. Oh, Joe Thomas. Yes, it has got one of the... For some reason, I was thinking of... Um, uh, oh, who's the Thomas brother? You know the... Um, in soap operas, there's the guy who plays Jason in Corrie and his brother in Emmerdale. I have no idea. Who's, who's, I think his name is something very similar. Hold on. Ryan I'm going to change that mistake where it says Mark Platt, Alan Barnes. What's that about? Oh, dear. I was thinking of Adam Thomas. That's what I was thinking. Uh, yeah, of course. Castle yes. of Fear. Just changing this on the website because it's annoyed me. Joe Thomas says Hubert Earl of Mummerset stroke mama. So where are the credits? Uh, contributors. Where it says this is the big finish in full working order now. You yeah, see. yeah. This is where's, happening. You're hearing where's, it. Where's the uh, writer credit? Right, I'm going to delete Mark Platt. Sorry, Mark. Are. You've been deleted, Mark. There we are. Save that. Ah, so when you go there now, just refresh the page. Go on, refresh the page, Benji. They are Alan, Alan Barnes. There we are. Now the truth and is Mark out Platt. There. Do we play the trailer? Here it is. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who: The Castle of Fear. Here come I, Old Father Christmas. Welcome you or welcome not. Run, sire! Run before the devil takes you too. The stone fortress, that'd be Stockbridge Castle, I take it. You've seen the lightning in the high keep. Heard their dragon's roar echo all around the valley. Hear me, men of Stockbridge, hear me. I am Hubert, Earl of Mamaset. This is the earldom of Lucifer now. Is there a doctor to be found already near at hand? Time Lord, you will die! Doctor, look out! Devils and goblins, imps and demons! To cure a deep and deadly wound and make the champion stand! Listen, I'm known throughout history for many things. Bringing the dead back to life is not one of them. An Earl of Space and a Lord of Time! Doomed! Doomed! You're doomed! <laughs> So what brought you to Stockbridge, Osbert? Why, the demons, my lady. Now, Osbert, you know there's no such thing as demons. Bigfinish.com I certainly did record, um, attend the recording. I was going to record the attendance. Uh, attend the recording. Anyway, there we go. Um, uh, while I email Jackie Emery, content manager at Big Finish, to inform her of our random selection so that she can set the offer live on bigfinish.com website, which she always does brilliantly, Benji, could you just, you know, sort of casually impart uh, the know-how for listeners to get their 25% discount? Uh, just, just I mean, of, just, you know, I was going to... Go on the old 
browsers, head yeah. over to bigfinish.com, yeah, you know, just type in the Take it easy. <sighs> just kind of breeze over the podcast page. Just, uh, just you know, a button so. called uh, Read More. It's kind of link, you know, click Read More and mosey yeah. on down. Uh, says click here and enter the code Buck Up. I mean, it's just a bunch of letters, really. It's Buck Up, B U C K U P, something like that. Something Enter like it that. in, just get a discount, you know, yeah. just kind of discount, you know, it's just a. You know, sort of, <laughs> sort of thing like that. Well, is that it? Kind of, I suppose, <laughs> might be. Yeah, yeah. I suppose, oh, cool. yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, cool. yeah, man. Yeah. If you fancy yeah. it, yes. <laughs> it's like your voice, Eddie. Your, your, your calming voice just became the hippie. <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. Um, right. Yeah, that's well, it. Okay, thank you. It's a great choice, Ran. Yeah, and very casual, Benji. Nice one. Um, next week's podcast uh, is out on the fourth uh, of June. Yeah, and it's yeah, called good, it's yeah. Called, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. It's called Ark Master. I know all about that. Yeah. So we'll be talking about the Ark, uh, which is John Lucarotti's original script that was sort of, uh, you know, reconstituted as the Ark in Space by Robert Holmes. Uh, so Tom Baker stars in it with Sadie Miller as Sarah Jane Smith and um, Chris Naylor as Harry Sullivan uh, also uh, Terry Malloy as Noah mm, yes very good in it as well great fun mm. interesting so, behind the scenes feature about him talking about uh, ginger beer ah nice good, yes, good yes, knowledge I good remember, knowledge I remember that yeah. yeah well you can probably hear about that next week and what's the other thing Torchwood One Nightmares oh no that's that's in the good review guide um, yeah uh, Warmaster Solitary Confinement the Walls of Absence by James Goss. We'll be looking into that one. And that's what we'll be giving you a uh, drama tease of. Oh, exciting. It's so going to be a banger. We know it's going to be a banger. Well, I mean, that's, you know, an exciting lineup, isn't it, Nick? You can't, you can't knock that. I could have just gone casual going, well, it's sort of... It's all right, if you like that, that sort of thing. It's a, it's a sort of lineup anyway though thank you so much for listening folks oh. this edition of the big finish podcast was presented by me benji clifford uh-huh. and oh and there's my flugel horn <laughs> and him nick briggs nick yeah. also wrote produced and edited it yeah i did yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of thing i do so yeah. you know, just just did it you know little afternoon little thing called uh editing and of course, Benji and I did this for, for the love, love of stories. stories. Well, it's uh, sort of for the, for the love of stories. And finally on the Big Finish podcast, Space 1999, Dragon's Domain, Skull in the Sky by Mark Platt. This is Alan Carter to Alpha Main Mission. Everything checks fine with the old nuclear waste dumps. That concludes the annual safety scan. There hasn't been any activity there for years, Alan. And why you feel obliged to do the check yourself? For old time's sake, I guess. Just want to make sure we're all safe and... Alan, can you hear me? What's the matter? Are you seeing this, Sandra? I'm going in for a closer look. Wait a minute, Alan. It might be dangerous. Wait until... Looks okay to me. 
bit like the old Aurora Borealis. This is a red alert. Commander Koenig to main mission. Dushka, what does computer say about these readings? Nothing that makes any sense. So far, all I know is what it looks like. Some sort of colorful cloud formation. Pretty far away at the moment, but the measurements are off the scale. It's gigantic, and it's getting closer. Sandra, what's going on? Take a look for yourself, Paul. My God. Okay, what have we got? Well, it looks kind of beautiful, whatever it is. Victor? You got this on your scanners. I've got it, John. But I'm not making any sense of it so far. What the hell's going on? Are we in danger? Oh, that's what we're attempting to find out, Commissioner. Hey, Sandra, is that Eagle 2 approaching that thing? Alan was on routine fuel dump scan when we spotted... We can't leave him out there! Yeah, agreed. Alan, get back here, now. Just taking a closer look, Commander. That's an order, Alan. Okay, but... <laughs> How was that? Are we still in one piece? No coherent readings from computer. This is outside all normal parameters. Victor, anything? My instruments are showing a massive wave of energy. Type unknown and... And... Victor? John, what just hit us? We're not sure yet, Helena. How bad are things down there? So far, we only have minor casualties. Cuts, bruises, one broken arm. Huh. Let's pray it stays that way. Amen to that. No structural breaches, Commander. Thanks, Sandra. Helena, I don't think we have any patience for you here in main mission. Relieved to hear you're all okay. Victor, what are you not telling me? I can't believe it, but... It's H2O. Water? What... What do you mean? Good grief. This is insane. John. It's raining on the moon. Alpha? Alpha, do you read me? Come in. This is Eagle 2. Alpha, come in. Alpha, if you can hear me. This is crazy, but I think I've been caught in some sort of thunderstorm in space. Wait a minute, there's something else. Can't quite make it out through that space cloud and all the rain and lightning. My God, I don't believe it. Alpha, it's some kind of a rock, an asteroid. Looks like a skull, a skull in the sky.
What is it? Probably nothing. I'm not sure. I'll run a full check. Computer probably needs an overhaul after all this time. <laughs> You're kidding. It's not as though she's had enough work to tire her out lately. I guess. Uh, you going to the ceremony today? <laughs> Maybe. Although I get the feeling they don't think we have a choice. Well, it isn't an order. Ah, but nothing ever is, Sandra, is it? Only good advice for the betterment of our community. Isn't that how he puts it? What if they're listening? Then speaking quietly won't make any difference. You like to live dangerously. I refuse to be intimidated. Aren't you two coming to the ceremony? Got some weird readings I thought I should maybe check out. Got some weird readings you thought you should maybe check out, Commander. Now you've said it for me. Thanks, Paul. What weird readings? I don't know. That's why I need to check them out. Deska. I take it you're coming, Sandra? Of course, Commander. Shall we go together? Of course. Come on. I shall have to record your non-attendance on the Governor's report, Carnell. Oh, thanks. If that's the way you want it. Very well. Main mission. Go ahead. Dashka, it's Victor. I hope you're going to the ceremony. I believe our great leader may have some pearls of wisdom to dispense. To be honest, I'd completely forgotten about it. Always seems a bit ghoulish to me. <laughs> so, you're going to join me on the Chief Prefect's naughty list, then? <laughs> Had a run-in with Commander Morrow, have you? Ah, yes. I think I saw steam coming out of his ears. Anyway, what's up? Helena and I are up by the Lushroom Plantation, and I'm getting some worrying readings. What exactly do you mean by worrying? I detected something strange a few weeks back. But it's been, well, getting worse. Helena? I've got a good spread of samples right across the plantation. Want me to get them on microscope slides? Uh, thanks, darling. Yes, that'd be great. When you say worse, what do you mean? Well, decay. Decay? But what's causing it? I'm not sure. I've been getting odd atmospheric readings recently, too. Well, I know something else odd. What's that? I passed one of the fishery lakes on the way back up here. Saw some dead fish on the surface. Seems to be the day for odd. How do you mean, Dashka? Computer's giving me a strange reading in local space. I can't put my finger on what it is. Just running checks now. This is Commander Morrow. Reminding all community members that the annual ceremony of commemoration is about to begin at the Carter Memorial. Governor Simmons will be addressing us all at this special time of year. And that means your comlocks will be transmitting it whether you like it or not. Oh, joy. Attention, everyone. As is our tradition, our governor would like to say a few words at this special time of year. Ever since we voted him into the position of governor, he's made it the work of his every waking hour to make sure our future is secure here on what we now call Planet Alpha. So, I know you'll all join me in giving him a warm welcome. Governor Simmons. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Mm, here we go. Thank you for that warm welcome. And thank you all for coming here to the Carter Memorial. 
A very special place for us all. Have you got that first slide? Here. As always, the reason we're here is to commemorate the Great Deluge, which brought us such good fortune, and to celebrate the life of the brave hero who lost his life in that momentous event, Alan Carter. We don't know why the deluge came, but perhaps that is not for us to know. What's important is that it brought life to what we once called the moon, where there was barren rock, a deadly airless wasteland. There is now abundance, the vast lushroom plantation, a replenishing source of ever adaptable food. The lakes of pure water, now home to many species of fish propagated from our experimental stocks. And last year, from our modest seed bank, we made all manner of plants flourish, not only to enhance the beauty of our world and increase the variety in our naturally grown diet, but to help replenish the air we breathe. And so, it is today that I have the honor of sharing with you all the uplifting news that I am declaring Planet Alpha self-sufficient. Oh, our glorious governor loves a declaration, doesn't he? Pity he didn't discuss it with any of us who achieved all this for him. Uh, and a pity he might have chosen exactly the wrong time to make his declaration. Honey, what is it? No more will we have to rely on scavenging trips to the other planets we pass out here in the vastness of space. No longer will we have to go cap in hand to alien species that may not welcome us. Thanks to the deluge, we have fashioned our own future. We are the masters of our own destiny. There's only one master around here. And we all know who that is. And so, now we turn to the much-missed Alan Carter. A hero who lost his life at the very moment the life-giving deluge came to our world, spreading its ample waters, packed with all the nutrients to seed life. This is crazy. But there's a definite shift in gravity. How like Alan not to consider his own life when it came to the well-being of others. When he saw that phenomenon in the sky, he, like us, was struck by its beauty. But he wanted to make sure it was safe for us all. And so, as the deluge came, tragically, Alan was lost to us forever. All that remains is a reminder of his selfless bravery. The landing strut, the only surviving fragment from the ill-fated Eagle II, which, there for all to see, forms the centerpiece of this magnificent memorial. And so now, I ask you all, as is our custom, to spend a few silent moments in contemplation of Alan Carter's sacrifice and how it embodies the courage and fortitude 
of all of us here on Planet Alpha. Let us look to the future and be thankful for the gift of life that has been bestowed upon us all. It's dying. All of it. What? You mean? But how can you be sure? Because I've been logging the rate of decay over the last few weeks. And whatever it is that's affecting our plants here, all of them, it's getting worse, exponentially. My god, Victor. That's not gonna go down well with the almighty Simmons. What was that? I don't know. Just the breeze, I think. Victor? Sounded like more than that. Anyone there? What are you so spooked about? Apart from the end of our way of life here, you mean? You think it's that serious? I do. But no, I, I meant... You'll think I'm going crazy, but recently I've been getting this feeling that... That you're overworking yourself and have started imagining things? That I'm being watched. <laughs> you do know we're not in an old movie, right? <sighs> oh, maybe I am just overworked. There's no maybe about it. Listen, however badly it's going to be received, we'd better get back to base and present your findings to the governor. All right. But he'll want to know why it's happening and how we can stop it. And I'm not certain about either of those things. But you have a theory, right? You always have a theory, Victor. Some anomalous atmospheric readings? Not much, is it? Mind you, I'd like to talk more with Dashka about the readings she's been getting. There you are, Dashka. Paul told me you decided not to attend our traditional gathering. That's right, Governor. Did he also tell you why? I did, which is why the Governor wants to speak with you now. Ah, uh, and here was me thinking it was just going to be a good old-fashioned telling off. Carno, you have a fine mind. And naturally, I value your contribution to our community. But it is a community. And all of us have a responsibility to show willing and take part. I seem to remember reading that in your manifesto. Big finish for the love of stories.